you're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Podcast. We are excited that you're here today. We are here to provide you with inspiration, education, and lots and lots of support while raising your children with dyslexia. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, a mom just like you raising a daughter with dyslexia. And by the way, I also have 20 years of experience as an educator, school counselor, school district administrator, and an attorney. I can't wait to share conversations with you about parenting children with dyslexia. If you want to raise happy, healthy, and successful children while keeping your sanity and enjoying your best life along the way, then you're in the right place. This is the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. Welcome back to Dyslexia Mom Life. Today is episode two, and we're going to talk all about dyslexia and how dyslexia can be what makes your child highly successful in life. And the reason I wanted to throw this in so early in the season is because I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to lose hope. We talked about and we'll talk about that there's going to be struggles. Some days you may feel like you had more failures than wins. And you know my philosophy is that there's really no failures, right? Those failures are actually wins because you know what doesn't work, okay? And that leads right into our discussion today about dyslexic entrepreneurs, how they have this competitive edge, how they are so successful. And so I thought this would be a good episode to remind you that making mistakes is okay. Your child making mistakes is absolutely going to happen. And it is okay for us as parents to not always have all the answers. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about your future child and looking down the road. I know the day-to-day can seem like a lot, but I want you to think about we are setting our children up to be successful, and that's why you're here. That's why you listen to this podcast, because you want more for your child. You want your child to be successful. And one of the things that you'll find out as you read and learn more about dyslexia is one of the things, or one of the characteristics, rather, of a dyslexic is that they are at or above intelligence, mostly are highly intelligent, and where they have that gap is that language development is really low compared to their intelligence. And so I wanted to give you a little inspiration. This may be an episode you come back to and listen to more than once when you're having those days where you just don't think it's going to all work out. So I want to give you some examples of people where it did work out. Um, One of the things I wanted to share with you is just a little, a quick little story I found in an article that I thought was very interesting and intriguing. And bear with me because it's going to date me a bit, but bear with me. So it is an article uh, that was written in 2019. So it's, it's pretty recent as well, but it's dyslexic entrepreneurs are successful by any measure. It's all in the way we think is the title. And again, I'll put that in the show notes. So this particular article started off by talking about a guy who was, uh, this was in the 1970s. He was very loud, very energetic, uh, wild red hair. And if you've seen me, you can relate to the wild red hair part. And that he was, 
you know, looking at a, a, a copy machine that sat kind of awkwardly uh, under this awning of an old hamburger stand. And, you know, he took a minute and looked and he said, you know, this looks like an opportunity. There were, there were undergrads there at UC Santa Barbara. They were lining up at the local library to photocopy articles for 10 cents a page. And I don't know if you can remember back uh, when you would stand in line to pay for copies, especially in school, uh, and even maybe now in your school libraries or your local libraries. And he thought, you know what, I can do so much better than this. So that gentleman took out a loan. He took out a loan for $5,000 and he opened his very first copy shop. Guess what that shop was called? That first shop he opened became the first Kinko's. Now, again, dating myself because Kinko's aren't around anymore, but for those of you that can remember Kinko's, it actually became this giant office supply um, copy center you could go to in the middle of the night when you're in college and get something bound or get something copied. Well, he took that idea, and in 2003, he sold that idea to FedEx. And you know how much money he made? $2.4 billion. So this man that was walking down the street that happened to see this copy machine under like an awning at a hamburger joint, he was like, what's that about? And then he saw these students, you know, (laughs) he realized there was an opportunity there. And what's ironic is Paul, I'm sure I'm going to get his name wrong, Orfali was the person that started Kinko's. And they said, you know, what's so interesting is he's the founder of a business that specialized in duplicating reading materials. So he became very well-known. Kinko's was very well-known. And so he was asked years later, after this became, you know, a huge company, 1,200 locations, 10 countries, more than 20,000 workers, and they were bringing in $2 billion, with a B, in annual revenue, And they said, what's the secret behind this explosive growth? What is this? And he said, it's my dyslexia. My dyslexia is a gift. So you might not realize it, but this is a pretty typical story. It's a typical story for for entrepreneurs uh, and very highly successful entrepreneurs. Uh, If you think Richard Branson, Charles Schwab, Barbara Corcoran, I'm sure I didn't spell her name right, there There's just many, many people. And there was a study that the self-made millionaires in the UK, about 40% of them are dyslexic. And the former Cisco CEO Chambers, he estimated about 25% of CEOs are dyslexic. And he said they just don't talk about it. But once you know the characteristics, you can see it. You can see it. Uh, and the way people have conversations and things. And so keep listening, though, because you're going to really enjoy this next piece. So he talks about what he considers, you know, what brought him success. And he said, you know, you have to think about these entrepreneurs that are so successful. They, they did not have trouble in school. They had troubles in school. And trouble in the classroom was universal experience for most entrepreneurs. They even shared that the investor Charles Schwab, Schwab, I didn't get that right, Schwab, uh, he flunked English in college. And Paul, who created Kinko's, he failed two grades in school and was expelled from multiple schools. So teachers could be discouraging. 
And Richard Branson said he actually left school. Uh, A headmaster predicted that he was, quote, either going to be a millionaire or going to be in jail. So they got one part right on that one. So um, also another influential um, business owner you might recognize is how often do you see Ikea? Uh, Even if one's not in your town, you probably hear about Ikea and you see uh, their advertisements and things of that nature. Another, um, you know, driving force there for entrepreneurs. So you may be thinking, okay, well, what does this mean for me? Well, well, I love this article because he talked about strengths and how these strengths really make for successful entrepreneurs. So again, the reason I share this with you today, again, so early in the season of this podcast, is that, you know, I think sometimes we lose hope as parents. You know, my daughter is going into fourth grade and... Even over the summer, we were having struggles, and you may feel like it, it, it just feels like a very long road. So I want to share with you hope, and I want to share with you, you know, I'm not saying your child has to go out and be an entrepreneur, but I do think that you'll see some characteristics that also can help them be successful in any career that they have. So let's talk about those pieces. He actually coined a phrase, uh, an acronym, DOMES, D-O-M-E-S, this author did. He said they have five key advantages that emerged for dyslexic business leaders in the stories that he researched. So D is delegation. Dyslexics are very comfortable delegating. So they know early on what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And they position themselves and they build teams around their weaknesses. And they feel very comfortable having conversations and leading teams. So it's really the difference between between being a manager and being a leader. And so they recognize what work needs to be done. They're able to communicate and they're able to get those things done by leading that team. And part of the reason they do that so well is the next piece, O, oral communication. Because most dyslexics don't like to write, they don't like to read uh, most often, they're, they're forced early on to find other ways to communicate. So early on, they are hyper, hyper development as it relates to communication skills. And Richard Branson actually explained that dyslexia helped him to purify his company's communication. He said even for him, he needed things to be simple. He needed them to be very straightforward and very simple and very clear cut. And so his his brand was all centered around that. And so it really pushed him to simplify that voice. And people were able to connect with that because there just was not a lot of noise around it. The next one is mental visioning. Mental visioning is uh, being able to see things in a nonlinear relationship. So you're able to connect things. You're able to visualize things. You know, they say even dyslexic musicians are able to see the notes that they're playing. And the founder of FUBU, he actually says that he can see the business um, unfolding in his mind, in his head. And he can see things, you know, that they're able to really see, like, say, for example, if they're building a house or they're an architect, then dyslexics are able to see what that finished product looks like, where we have to draw it out and try to get our mind around it. Dyslexics actually can see what that end product is going to look like and, and explain that to others. So you may see that your your child is, is doing a lot of, of daydreaming or asking questions or just can't turn it off at night because they're having that mental visioning and they're thinking about all those things in their mind. And it's, it's very hard for dyslexic sometimes to, to get settled at night. 
The next piece of this is E, emotional intuition. So dyslexics are very attuned to people's feelings and they're very good with relationships. Because they have dyslexia, it teaches them how to get people on their side, how to really think through things. Because even as a child, you know, they're not always uh, taken on as an intelligent, you know, as being intelligent or knowing what they're talking about. And so they have to figure out other ways to connect with people. And so many times what his research showed was that they had the ability to kind of figure out people's emotions. He said, you know, one example he gave was of, you know, a person walking through and able to see that someone just didn't look right, you know, able to ask, you know, what is going on from body language, tone of voice. They just see things differently and they have the capacity to really see those signals and communicate in an authentic way with others. S is speed. And I'm going to raise my hand because we definitely have this at our house. The dyslexic mind, he said, is always spinning. And so they're able to see multiple perspectives in a blink of an eye, okay? They're able to see things around them, above them, below them. It's just really a whirlwind, he said. And you can think about, you know, a, a mental process might be A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z. But he said he's going to go A, B, Z. He's going to do it with speed. He's going to jump around. Next time it might look different. They're never, they're, I won't say they never, but many times... The same thing's not going to come back twice. They may see things differently the next time around. And we we see a lot of this. I don't know if you see this and you're dyslexic or, you know, be looking for this. Because many times, you know, there's these great ideas. I know for us, when we wake up in the morning, sometimes the first thing our daughter says is, I have this great idea. And I always know I have to brace myself because we're either making a lemonade stand, we're creating a busy business on Etsy, we're figuring out how to create another mod in Minecraft, or we're figuring out how to start a YouTube business. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. She is just lots and lots of wonderful ideas, and she goes at an extremely fast pace. So her mind is always spinning. And because of that, they dyslexics many times have, time, have trouble sleeping and, and getting their mind to quiet down at night. So you can see that there are, you know, just wonderful things that happen. And because of the resilience that they go through now at an early age and because of what they have to endure as a student and what they have to go through, then it, it really does give them grit. It gives them endurance. It gives them stamina where others might quit a project they are not. They have that spatial awareness that some of us don't have. Um, they're beyond just all measures, just very, very creative. So if that wasn't enough for you, I want to finish by sharing something with you. I found another article that I'll also reference for you. And I want to give perspective here before I say this. It is not about the money. When I think about success, I think about finding something that you love and you do it for life. And it never feels like a job to you. You enjoy getting up and doing your job and you enjoy it. Are there hard days? Sure. There's always days that are good and bad. But for the most part, it lights you up inside. So that's what we want for our kids. I mean, some of us are still looking for that, right? So what lights your child up? What excites them? And so be watching for that. But I want to finish or end with this piece which is, and this is just for a little bit of perspective. Again, it's not about the numbers, but I want, the reason I'm going to share this next piece with you is because 
if you're early on in your journey, it is so easy to get discouraged. And I want you to know that your child can be successful. So hang in there. Okay, some of these hard life lessons is going to make them a better adult. But right now, getting through that is so difficult. So I found an article that was, I was trying to see here when it was published. I want to say it's pretty recent, but I don't see the date right now on this. Uh, but it's the 30 Richest Dyslexic Entrepreneurs. And what this person did, this blogger was, uh, and this article was written by this gentleman who is dyslexic. And he said, you know, I struggle to read and write, but he makes a full-time income with his online internet, his online entrepreneur business. And so he said he wanted to, to figure out, you know, what are some other names of people who he looked at people that were left-handed and he looked at people that had had a college dropout and who were successful. And so it's kind of in columns as well. But I want to share a couple of names. There are, like I said, uh, 30 richest dyslexic entrepreneurs. I'm just going to name a few. And the very first one they have on here is Henry Ford. Henry Ford of Ford Motor Credit. He was a college dropout and he was left-handed. And his net worth is 188 billion dollars right number two richest uh, entrepreneur is the gentleman who started ikea uh 22 billion dollars okay 22 billion dollars and the list goes on and on and on from richard branson in the millions uh william hewlett that has hp we all know you probably have in your hand right now or in your pocket your iphone perhaps steve jobs is a very well-known dyslexic and his net worth was $3.4 billion at the time of this article. Steven Spielberg is on this list. Ted Turner, Tommy Hilfiger, F.W. Woolworth. That's really dating some of us. Walt Disney. I, I think I've said before, I'm not sure what episode, but um, I love Walt Disney. I love their service. I love the things that they stand for. And he not only dropped out of school uh but he also was left-handed, and he also went bankrupt. I mean, I watched some of his early-on uh, documentaries, and it, he's just amazing to me what he pushed through and how he just kept working so hard. And I love uh, the service model behind their their um, their service to, to others. And so um, he's just another example. And let me think, look through here and see who else. Uh, Thomas Edison, you know, he, he started GE. We also have Alexander Graham Bale. So some of these examples we were just discussing uh, were individuals from years ago. And so they had the characteristics, okay? And so many people think they were dyslexic. Or maybe, you know, there's history that shows that they, you know, didn't learn to read till a certain age. So there's some documentation there as far as why people think those individuals were probably dyslexic. So I wanted to put that little disclaimer out there. So again, what I want to leave you with, and I, I think you should come back to this episode again later on. Try to, to remember to come back to this episode because I want you to, to really hear that these formative years that we're going through, this elementary, middle, and high school, the past, the present, the future, whatever it looks like, these things that our children are having to experience, these what some people would call setbacks or frustrations or failures, it is going to make them more resilient, okay? Does that mean that's going to help you tonight when they have a breakdown? No. But what I want you to think about is there is a future, 
there is a future for our kids. There's a future for dyslexics. They are so bright and so amazing. And I am so blessed to have my daughter in our life. And I know you feel the same way about your children as well. So I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. I can't wait to talk to you more with you about dyslexia and the positives and the realities and all that great stuff. So I look forward to being with you again on next Monday. Have a great week. And remember, failures tell you what doesn't work. Not a big deal. Scratch it off, mark it down, move on to the next thing. Find those successes this week. Have a great week.